The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another podcast, and we have the regular podcast crew, which is Robin Mack and Alexis. And so this is the last podcast of the year. Goodbye, which 2017. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, really. Goodbye. I may have to celebrate New Year's Eve after all. I wasn't going to, but the fact that this year is going to be gone oh is God. a really big plus. <laughs> of course, that just means that 18 is going to be here. We well, really don't know, you know what's going I'm on like, with it. Uh, could 2018 be worse? And sure. then I thought immediately, I should never ask that question. <laughs> so, um, how are you guys doing? How did you come through the Christmas season? Christmas was wonderful. I did absolutely nothing except eat leftover birthday cake. <laughs> yeah. Alexis no actually hospital. made it to her birthday. <laughs> no hospital. No hospital. Good reports from doctors. I've done nothing to bring this about, but what can I say? I blame the cake. You ate a lot of good cake. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Of course, there's two people who did not show up at my birthday party who had perfectly good excuses. One had gone in to have a little heart problem checked, and it ended up being a triple bypass. So he he didn't make it to the party, and I, I, I guess that's okay. The other one ended up in the emergency room, and I figured they were taking one for me. Oh, they were they were Whoa. taking yours. Yeah. So, so I'm really, you know. So I heard that there's this guy up in Iowa who, um, you know, he was like a YouTube sensation uh, defending his gay parents. And kind of riding this natural tide of what's going on, he is going to run for the Iowa Senate, you know, after, you know, they, he was getting pushed back about his dad's being married and them being a real family and stuff. So now, of course, he's running for Senate. And again, I just got to stress, the, probably the best gift of 2018 is watching so many people get involved like decide okay can't take any more of this i'm getting up off the couch i don't know how to do this politics stuff but this is not okay and i'm going to get involved they're everywhere (laughs) and i mean that seriously (laughs) (laughs) well how many like people do you know that are running well, if I take out the people, I know, I know a lot of politicians. If well, I take, right, right, if I right. take out the politicians, there are like eleven people that I've known personally for years who are never terribly interested in politics who are running for office. <laughs> you know, I I heard you mention this last week, and I I had to go and check it out. And yes, it's true. Jared and the First Baptist Church are implicated in covering up pedophilia. So Jared in the First Baptist Church, uh, Ed Young's First Baptist Church, and uh, David Welch of Houston's Baptist Council, that's also the Texas Baptist Council, that's also the U.S. Baptist Council, Pastor's Council, or some some sort of council. And he had running his little campaign against hero, Pastor Baker. Now, Pastor Baker was fired for sexually harassing But, but who did he work for? The city of Houston. Oh, okay. A city employee harassing women got fired. Uh-huh. 
That seems and, about right. And he was campaigning, campaigning against Hero, the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, because according to the sexual harasser, um, it would allow trans people to harass women in the bathrooms. And, uh, you know, of course, Jared and the Houston's First Baptist Church, at the time that they're putting together this media package that scares people into thinking that lumberjacks are going to be able to go into the women's restroom and, and trap little girls in the, the stalls, um, that that would be legal if trans people had equality. While they were doing that, they were also covering up, apparently, a, a, a sexual abuse scandal in their own midst. Uh, yeah. And, you know, every time this stuff comes out, I, I just sort of wonder, was it because they were afraid we would discover what they're doing if we were allowed in restrooms? I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Well, you know, as you know, this week we don't have a um, narrated section uh, for this podcast, but uh, I thought to kind of close out the year, we would do sort of a Q&A. So I put out the word on social media that we were looking for some, um, some feedback, some uh, questions that people might have. And so I've gathered up some stuff. Uh, and I was know. hoping no one would have any questions whatsoever. <laughs> but apparently that didn't work out. Well, I thought maybe we could go through these. I think some of these are great. Uh, yeah, um, and just pick and choose which ones you want to uh, look at. Anything stand out to you? Well, some of these we yet. talk about. Um, we were talking about this one on last week's podcast. Why do so many people seemingly take actual pleasure in other people's suffering? Because they're sociopaths. Well, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> See, we know the answers to some of these. <laughs> you know, it... I mean, there are people that the only way they can feel better about themselves is to make other people feel yeah. not so good. Mm -hmm. And and that's a problem. They need therapy. <laughs> there are a lot of kinds of therapy. Some of them hurt worse than the others. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem isn't with you. It's the problem, you know, you're dealing with someone who gets their sense of self, their sense of who I, who they are from attacking other people and that's a psychological deficiency on their part and and i really think that the textbooks that were used for at least half of the psychology classes i've taken were based on that very fact uh -huh. Uh -huh. i mean it, it really gives psychological textbook authors a lot to talk about <laughs> right right and, and they never agree except it really comes down to it's their problem. They need therapy when you really get down to it. They're, usually they take about 150 pages to get there. And then after that, another 150 pages to explain exactly what kind, et cetera. None of them agree, but it's still there. And we talk about this one a lot, uh, especially after the last couple of podcasts. It says, hello, I am 15, which I absolutely love. And I want to become a politician. Oh. I am very into politics. <laughs> The thing is, is that I also want to climb up the political ladder and hopefully one day become president. Beware. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe not. We don't know this person. Beware. <laughs> this is like 30 to 40 years from now. So my question is, do I thrive to become president or give up? I am a trans woman of color. 
Oh, it's really easy. Why would you give up? I mean, Why would you give up? You, you have so much chance to have fun along the way. Exactly. And yeah. seriously, if Trump can do it, Jesus. He's not qualified. No, no, you no, can no. do I, it. I, I don't think that anyone can because not anyone can lie like that man does. <laughs> That's true. I mean, back to being a sociopath. Yeah, it's back to being a sociopath. And, and, you know, the obvious thing is if you really love politics, it's great. Get involved. Uh, go out and find a candidate that needs some help. I don't care how old you are. There's... There's so many candidates around now, and they all need help. And They're just about start doing to stuff. block walk and get the word out. You can see how it's all going to get shaped up for you. And 2017 actually proved that if anybody, anybody who ran openly as a trans person or as an intersex person in this last election actually won. So it's mm-hmm. possible. But the real key is, let's say you work on like seven or eight campaigns in a year or two which is certainly possible because Absolutely. you aren't going to pick the winners each time. And after <laughs> right. the primaries, you might be working on a different campaign. Exactly. And, and it doesn't matter what you're doing because what you're really doing is finding out how campaigns work. And you'll probably build up opinions of things that don't work. And in a few years, you're going to be really young and really experienced. And you'll have a lot of political ends with a lot of people who have power. Plus can always run for office in about a year and a half or two absolutely. years absolutely what was it, in pearland in pearland which is a, a suburb of houston basically how old was the kid that uh that's 17? What, 17 i believe when, when he yeah. ran for and won a seat on the school board and mm-hmm. he's absolutely. still on the school board and he's planning on moving forward and i gotta tell you a totally impressive person when you mm-hmm. listen to him he has everything together he knows what's going on with everything and he's He's been very interested in politics for several years, and that's what he wants to do. And, and I think it's great. It. Yeah. So if you want to get involved in politics, of course, you, you don't just burst onto the scene and run for president out of the blue. You do exactly what Alexis uh, you mean suggested. like Trump did? Well, I mean, <laughs> when you get a billion dollars, you can do that. I mean, well, he had no background <laughs> in politics, <laughs> just reality TV. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, and well. start in high school. Use your platform. We, you know, we're mm-hmm. having people move up every day. And I even saw on the news there were a group of other high schoolers. People weren't taking them seriously, and they said, "Well, we're just as serious as everyone else out there, and we're gonna con- we're gonna continue to move forward." I mean, you know, be serious and get people behind you, and you'll start to get attention, and you'll start to get a platform where you can speak your voice. And there's certain, certainly more trans women of color like voices that could, would, should be heard. So get the platform. And, and you know, something that you should do just for interest, and that is go to our website, tfahouston.com. We do have the uh, Unity Banquet videos out there. And there's one that's Anise Parker and Phyllis Fry. Watch that little short video. Absolutely. See what they say. Because it, it's quite interesting, and it's pretty much to the point. So this is uh, Mayor Anise Parker and Judge Phyllis Fry. Oh, yeah, leave that part so, out. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean... Hey, I gave know. last names this time. <laughs> well, and, and Phyllis Fry is a, a trans female judge, and on the Unity Banquet website, we also have scholarship applications if you mm-hmm. need any support with your schooling. So, I, I mean, I guess the consensus is don't give up. Don't give up. Don't don't give up on your dream. But you're going to have to work for your dream and being involved in politics, doing what you love. You say you love politics. That is absolutely in your grasp. Go for it. And, and there's something else that just came to mind as as I was sitting here listening to Kristen. It's sort of like transitioning. Be willing to stop when you get to the point you want to get to. Mm-hmm. 
you, you may decide being president is not so much fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, it's, it's also like transitioning in the sense of surround yourself by people who support you. You know, wherever mm-hmm. you want to get mm-hmm. off that bus, everyone's okay. All the support you need along the way, surround yourself by the people who, who can be reliable for that. Because if you really look at it and think about it, the senators seem to have the most fun in politics. <laughs> they have the most power. They have the most longevity. They're, they're the ones that seem to have the good spot. So who knows? Maybe after you get to be senator, you'll decide, I think I'm going to stay here for about, oh, forever. <laughs> and this one leads into one of the other reasons why we exist is someone wrote in and says, I don't fully understand the struggles of people who have gender identity questions, but I believe in respecting the basic humanity of everyone to discover and be who they are. Is that enough to be an advocate? No, you can't. No, (laughs) (laughs) of course, of course. I wasn't expecting that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Got me. Of course, yes. You know, I I don't have to... uh, so, you know, I don't have to understand everything there is to know about intersex issues to know that intersex people have a right to exist, to identify, to be equal citizens, to be, you know, have body autonomy. I, I don't, there's, there's, you know, I, that's just human rights. Um, but as far as trans stuff goes if you want to learn more about being you know the ins and outs of trans issues so that you can uh, answer questions that come up um, you can certainly talk to trans people and ask you know you've responded to this call out for a question you know that's how you learn more about the trans experience and just about every trans person I know has a different point of view Mm-hmm. Not wrong, just different. Uh, right. You know, I, I for a very long time presumed everyone was exactly like me. Fortunately, they aren't. <laughs> and, and, you know, there, there's certain things that I couldn't understand why they didn't understand it. Well, you know, then I figured out it's because they don't have my experiences. But that's okay. I don't have their experiences either. Right. And we really should be living in a world where none of that matters, where everyone is treated appropriately, equally, etc., we aren't, but we're getting there, and hopefully we'll start back on the make it better path here in a year or two. Mm-hmm. We've been going the wrong way this last year, which is why I'm glad 17's about done. Which leads us into, on average, one in how many people are transgender. People want to know, how many transgender people are there out there anyway? And I'm going to probably filibuster this to keep Kristen from being allowed to answer, because... <laughs> To begin with, what difference does it make? If there's one of us, you got problems. I know there's more than one because there's a couple in the room. Maybe three, <laughs> maybe five in the room. I don't know because I could have people left over for my birthday still. <laughs> uh, but you know, the biggest thing about it is the first thing you have to do is define your question. What do you mean by trans people? And once you get Should that Should you be defined, using the asterisk or not? <laughs> it, it's a whole big question right there. Once you get that mm-hmm. defined, then the, the, the other side of it is... So are you wanting just the ones who have acknowledged that that's who and what they are? (laughs) Or are we talking about this group that we're really suspicious probably are, but they're just really afraid to say anything or do anything or come out? You mean the Republicans? She really is. She really is going to filibuster this. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and so, you know, after you get to that part, you know, as I said, I was going to filibuster this. You're just going to cover it, all the other questions <laughs> while so, we're, yeah. So, you know, and, and once you have all of that answered and you're like, well, I want this number in this way, then... There's another question, too. Do you want something where someone definitively decides that that's what it is or we just suspect? Because there is a whole bunch of difference around there. And are they a little tiny bit trans? And that is, guys, they're, you know, just a little bit like a boy from a girl's side. Or we need to have full-blown guys, I'm going to wear binders and eventually have top surgery trans. There's there's all sorts of ranges, and in my view, all of them are trans, and everybody's welcome, and we actually are the fun folks that everybody wants to be like, uh, <laughs> at least for right now. It used to be just the opposite, but if you don't believe me, look on TV. They put us on every show. Uh, we just pop up everywhere. Of course, I do have a question about why we had to show up on the first really hit show as someone that's in jail, but that's a different thing. Right, and so... Depending on how you ask that question, what you mean by trans, you've got a spread of anywhere between 1 and 12,000 male to females or uh, 1 in 200. So there you go. Well, and actually there's, there's <laughs> studies that make it 1 in less than that, if you would. So, I mean, I, I think the consensus is they don't really know. They know it's there's lots of trans people out there, but you know and and if they weren't and they is this quotes around the they type they if they weren't worried about finding out, then they would put it on the census and ask the question, <laughs> <laughs> but they keep taking it off <laughs> didn't they come out with a trans census that it, it crashed a few times when they first launched it because there are so many people trying to update their information in about 2015. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't true government census. It wasn't okay. part of the actual census. Okay. Um, okay. And and you know the the stick a sticker on the back of the envelope type stuff and all that mm -hmm. that was done at various times. Oh, okay. And, and I, I mean it, it's the gay community also. They they aren't asking about things like that except now maybe they are except maybe they aren't. Um, and and you know my view is it's a demographic. Why would they not ask it? Well, it's because they're right. absolutely one hundred percent gender binary, and mm -hmm. it couldn't possibly be anything else. And and, and and you know that's that's a big part of the problem because when people do testing, which is what a census is. Mm -hmm and surveying and they do it improperly then you get wrong answers but then right. you can prove your wrong answer is right because of the fact you tested mm -hmm. and it, it's testing bias that's built in and right I there's can been talk a forever on testing bias it's one of my hot buttons <laughs> <laughs> right right well this is a good question coming into 2018 after the year of the bathroom bills what should trans people uh, trans women in particular do about the locker room situation. And they elaborated, I've always assumed that trans women would use the women's locker room, but keep their genitals covered and chest, uh, of theirs. If there's nothing there, what suggestions, comments, etc., do you have? So what, what should trans people do about the locker room situation? I can tell you what I would do and have done in locker room situations, and that is I go in, take care of my business, and leave. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what I do. If, mm -hmm. if, you um, know, if, if I need to change, and I, if I am presenting as female, I change in the female locker room, I go in, take care of my business, and leave, and I don't go showing everything around or anything else. Yeah, I, I've never, ever appreciated anyone in a locker room, you know, like, 
parading their body around. I I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. And I would certainly hope that, you know, you would not do that to another person. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, the last, let's see, I was at a, some sort of a fitness center or something and I was changing and some woman was just walking around, walking around, just, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ, lady, you've been like walking around nude for 15 minutes, like walking around. This is gross. And sitting down on a bench with nothing on at yeah. all, with no towel. That happens it's, in both locker rooms. It but, does. but, you know, the thing is, is those people aren't the ones that are going to get kicked out. Right. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, my thing is, I'm certainly not sitting now at that point because, right. you know. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm sort of like, no. Well, I'll tell you what I do. I do the same in locker rooms as I do in bathrooms is it's never been a good experience for me, uh, no matter which bathroom I walk in, no matter how I'm dressed, but sometimes it's inevitable. What I do is, you know, like you're saying, stick to getting your business done and know the ordinance, know what your rights are and know how that actually, uh, you know, can be followed through on depending on where you live and, um, do what you can to take care of yourself. There, there are apps that have trans trans friendly, uh, bathroom spaces and locker room spaces, but do what you can to take care of your own personal wellness. Uh, even if that's like the buddy system, you know, that's what I do is just know my rights and get in, get out and be nice. And, you know, I've never been challenged in a locker room and only once in a bathroom. And I am challenged in almost every bathroom situation I'm in. I, I have female on my birth certificate. I have short hair, broad shoulders. I generally look like a boy going into the women's restroom and I work at gyms. So I have to go into the locker room (laughs) often, but I never look like I belong in the female locker room. But I also don't belong in the men's locker room. And not every unisex um, family stall situation. A lot of gyms do have those these days, but they're not always unlocked, you know, and they're not and it does kind of uh, single you out. And even as an employee, you don't want to bring attention to yourself because inevitably it's the other person who's seeing you in the the bathroom or the locker room that has the issue with you, not necessarily you. Right. So being nice and going, um, just handling your business, getting in, getting out takes away some of the, the interactions, but almost every time I go in, there's some sort of conflict. So I just know my rights. How do you deal with that? Well, it depends. Like, you know, when I, when I was 19 and, you know, I had short hair, I was wearing a baggy clothes and people said, you know, you're in the wrong restroom. I said, I can read the illustration on the door. Like I would handle it in very basic terms. Um, and then now as I are in more business clothes, if I'm wearing a button down or even athletic wear, I still have broad shoulders, short hair. I still come off as quite masculine. I'm very androgynous. I don't expect for them to know what restroom I'm supposed to be in, but everybody wants to tell me which one I'm supposed to be in. <laughs> so there's that, that way I, I, I literally, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. And I'm still in the right restroom, you know? Um, but if it's a, if it's a situation where I feel like, I'm not going to be safe. Like if it's a gas station situation, if it's a, 
I'm alone in a more unfrequented space. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I'm just like a lot of trans people. I avoid that bathroom. I don't go in by myself. I get a feeling where I'm like, "Mm, this may not work out in my favor. And I hightail it to somewhere that's more public. But I know the ordinance. I have it in my wallet and everything, you know? Well, yeah. And and I think what you just said is the key. You've got to be aware of your surroundings and, Mm -hmm. and don't push it. Yes. Uh, I mean, because sometimes you're like, okay, this doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel safe. I'm out of here. And And 2017 has felt less and less safe for me and my siblings, you know, and my trans siblings, especially the the gender neutral or, or, um, you know, androgynous or people who are still mid transition. Those are tough times. Like I appreciate this person asking that question because it doesn't mean we're going to all of a sudden stop using the locker rooms or the restrooms, Mm -hmm. but that's where you really do have to know your rights and still take care of yourself. So Angie Hayes, she's someone who, um, I've worked with a lot, uh, around abortion access, uh, protecting abortion clinics from protesters and stuff. Now, Angie is six foot three and 300 pounds. And uh, she, I, I saw last Friday, she had posted on her uh, Facebook, um, she was talking about this experience where um, she was just at a movie theater, went to go use the bathroom and here's some like anti-trans asshole, like policing the bathroom, telling her she can't go into the bathroom. And, you know, she goes in, does her business. And now the woman has her man, friend, boyfriend, husband standing out there scowling at her, menacing her, you know, as she's coming out of the bathroom. And, you know, what she said was, I think really insightful. She, you know, she she writes, in my humble opinion, this shit is the result of the anti-hero campaign here in Houston. And I agree. I that, agree. Uh, it hasn't been the same since then. It has not. It has not. I, I used to dress and look as a man and go out and go to the men's restroom just fine and had mm-hmm. no problems about that. I went to the bathroom that I identified and I dressed as. Now I go with what my driver's license says and I take matters into my own hands and I've never been welcomed or accepted into bathrooms, which is why I advocate for allies and advocates to kind of be everywhere. Like if Mm. you can be someone who is willing to stand for people and be a nice person in the moment, then that's the best place to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, you know, one of the things, I mean, TFA started doing a survey of restrooms and what was okay with various businesses, et cetera. We actually didn't finish it because it turned out that businesses, if they're given a reasonable approach, don't want to discriminate in restrooms. Mm -hmm. And they're perfectly fine with what we like, which is you should use a restroom that's appropriate for the way you're presenting yourself, Mm -hmm. that you feel is appropriate. And it, it was it was interesting because most of them hadn't thought about anything. And a lot of the businesses that we talked to, and, and we talked over 200, um, started out by saying, well, you know, guys should use the guys and girls should use the girls. And the next question was, so how do you know which is which? 
and immediately you got silence and concern and scratching their heads and <laughs> and all that. And what they would come up with, either on their own or when we suggested it, they really liked is that you should use the one that you feel is appropriate for the way you're presenting yourself. And that's what they would like because otherwise they're going to have to come up with some standard that requires them to check and do all sorts of weird things. And they're like, you know, that's not our job. Our job is to, you know, give you a wonderful meal. Well, speaking of, that exact situation happened uh, not too long ago, a few months ago. I remember seeing a story of this woman who had gone to some place, used the bathroom. There was a woman there harassing her because she believed that the cis woman was trans. And uh, the cis woman's like boyfriend or something started harassing her. And they forced her to drop her pants and show her vagina. And why are they not in jail or are they? Well, well, I haven't. I I need to look up. It's sexual assault. Well, of course. Um, But, you know. Well, there have been lots of people taking it into their own hands to police bathrooms after Mm -hmm. all this rhetoric. You can find, unfortunately, too many and bad YouTube videos about people filming people as they stop them going into restrooms. And they're usually cis people. You know, they get stopped or clocked or identified, but it does keep trans people away from the restrooms and it does make an unsafe environment for everyone. Well, I think that that's the point, though. What you just said there is keep trans people away from the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And I think and what's really insidious about this is it, it like I mean, obviously, we're talking about explicit situations. This doesn't only affect the trans community. It affects Everyone. Everyone. Because now everyone's gender policing everyone. And if you don't meet this standard, whatever this standard is that some person has that's been listening to right-wing radio, if you don't meet their standard, Mm -hmm. they feel it's, you know, their duty Mm -hmm. to go up to you and to sexually assault you like this last case. Right, which is why I say know your rights, because even with the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, a lot of the biggest lie that we all walked away with is that our ordinance doesn't work. But if we're actually talking about, you know, our bathroom ordinance, it actually works for for all people, for trans people, if you know it. But the point is, here in Houston, we still have a bathroom ordinance. We've had a bathroom ordinance forever, right? Uh, yeah, we've had the same bathroom ordinance since before 1963, and we don't know exactly when because they redid the laws <laughs> and nobody can find the old versions. But, uh, but you wouldn't know that if we just bring up Houston Equal Rights Ordinance. You would think it was the bathroom right. bill ordinance that, that we didn't win, and you'd get caught up in all the alt-right lies, which led to all the Texas legislature hula this year in 2017. So no, no one's actually really talking about their locker room or bathroom policy when they talk about public accommodations well okay now remember that our bathroom ordinance is a bathroom ordinance it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with public accommodations it has nothing to do with anything but restrooms it essentially says that when you boil it all down there's a bunch of other things in it but essentially you can't go into a restroom with the intent of causing a disturbance if you do it doesn't matter where or how or why Mm -hmm. it's against the law Mm -hmm. if you don't go in with the intent to cause a disturbance you're good to go yeah as a matter of fact as i recall this ordinance came to light in, um, in I guess, the, the cis realm uh, several years ago whenever a woman was at a ball game. I think it was an Astros game or a Texans game. And she looked at the line going into the men's room, the line going into the women's room, and went, 
I got to pee and ran into the men's room right. and was arrested for it. And she wasn't going in to cause a disturbance and basically exactly. it was thrown out, which has also happened when trans people have been inappropriately arrested for going into a restroom and actually in a couple cases, the people who decided to remove them from the restroom were eventually charged because, because they are the ones they're the causing, ones causing the disturbance, disturbance <laughs> and, went in, and went in for that purpose. And, and, and you know, one of the problems, is, as Robin was mentioning, is that people don't understand that the, you know, Hero did not pass, but Hero was more about everybody's rights for all public accommodations, uh, including, for instance, active military, mm -hmm. uh, based Pregnant on race, et cetera, women. just tons and tons of different things. It, it really didn't affect the restroom mm -hmm. ordinance that we have uh, at all. Mm -hmm. And all of those bills that were introduced by you know, the, the hate groups in Austin failed. Mm -hmm. Not one of them passed. Not one of them. So... You know, it, 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 it's sort of like there was a lot of press about the fact that the Senate, it passed out of Senate committee, the Senate voted it through and passed it. Well, yeah, they voted through everything, 22 to 11, or, uh, you know, 23 to 10, or, you know, 21 to 12. I mean, th those were the only votes they had because they're voting straight party line, and everybody's scared to death of Dan Patrick, which I don't understand, but they are, <laughs> and... And so, you know, it went through the Senate because Dan Patrick said that he wanted it passed. So, boom, it was passed. But then it got to the House and it didn't make it because the House is full of people who are actually reasonable. They actually think about things and they don't do things that hurt the state. Uh, you know, so none of them passed, which is really interesting because there were over 120 of them. I think 128, hmm. but I'm not sure about that number that were introduced. You would think just by luck one would get through. <laughs> one of them. And it never got close. <laughs> Well, and I think it points to some of the reasons why um, could answer this question is the question is, is how does someone without any real experience develop a community um, gardener support and lobby for a city slash state ordinance slash laws to protect transgender people in a place that is otherwise hostile or indifferent? Very carefully. And when I say very carefully, it's from a couple or three different angles. Number one, it is very, very difficult to come up with a law that protects transgender individuals. I would say protects everyone because that's what you're looking for that doesn't have some unexpected consequences. Because generally, if you say it has to be a certain way, some people are going to be affected negatively. Right. And so you have to be very, very, very careful with that. And what you'll find is that if you have a bunch of negative people there, they're going to try to build in as many unintended consequences as possible mm -hmm. so that later on they can point those out as opposed to the other things in the law. Also, you need to be very careful of your safety because in the last couple of years, people who are anti-equality have become pretty violent. Yeah. And that's new. I mean, that is new with all of the Trump stuff and, and the statements that, uh, you know, our now president was making during his campaign. Uh, if you look at Charlottesville, these were not nice people that were marching in Charlottesville. Now, I think some of the people who got themselves in trouble and, and were beat up, et cetera, 
really didn't understand that the world had changed and they weren't as safe as they were a few years ago. And so I, I think, you know, there's, there's that side to it also. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm, blame, I'm not blaming the victim. I'm just saying we have to be aware that there is much more of a possibility of violence. So you have to take it slow. You have to take it steady. And you have to wait for the time when something comes up where you can actually move things forward. And it will come up. But sometimes you have to be patient. But, well, okay. So a big part of that is how the hell do you deal with the, uh, like, impatience, the, the come on, how, how many years have we been talking about this? How many years have trans people been in the news? How many years have cis people been talking about trans people? Since about and, 1960 for me. Yeah, and, and you, still, this, you still need more time? What, this has been more than 50 years now, and you still have to talk about it? You still have to consider it? You still haven't made your mind up? Jesus I'm an equal citizen. How hard is that? But apparently, you know, I know me as an advocate, I've certainly felt that sense of, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, it's, why, why are we still talking about this stuff? Why am I still having these fights, these political fights? It shouldn't be this way. And the reason is because we elect people who are not <laughs> interested in equality. They're interested in their own self-interest. What we have to do is start electing people who are more interested in equality. That's why I'm pretty hopeful for this year because we sure have a lot of people running that have right. never run for office before that are doing it because they're fed up with what they're seeing. Now, I hope they get elected. One of the problems is they aren't the professionals. And like it or not, professionals are much better at what they do than amateurs in everything. And it's the same way in politics. But there's a second part of this question uh, that's more fundamental to just community building. If you feel like you're isolated in a hostile environment, how do you go about building community? And, and I hate to put it this way, but my answer was very carefully. Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's two years answer. ago... That would not have been my answer because we were much safer. Mm -hmm. But we've had two years of people that were in the news that actually ended up being president essentially advocating violence against people you don't like. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not good because that lets the people who would like to do that sort of come to the front and say, well, president said. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have two questions that kind of go together. So the first question is, is, do you have any tips to releasing some of the stress from dysphoria and anxiety? And the second question is, is I've pondered the possibility of transitioning many times throughout my life. I've come to a place where I realize that I don't entirely identify as either a female or male. Would I still be considered trans? How do I refer to myself in regards to gender? What if I just want top surgery? <laughs> For some reason I feel like everyone's looking at me for the second no. one. I, and no, I did yeah. not put that question in. I, I just looked up and, I just looked up as if the, those are the two questions. Yeah, I did not put that question in, but I identify with it very well. Uh, yeah, this question you, bought to you by Alexis. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, you know. I mean that that, that would sort of be me. Uh, yeah. And it, 
and the only difference is that I do identify as male or female sometimes, uh, <laughs> and it goes back and forth, and it confuses everyone, including me. So it, it's not a big deal. And I think the real answer, though, is what's right for you is right for you. Mm-hmm. There, there is no thou must or thou shalt or whatever. <laughs> I've had people say that I wasn't trans because I didn't go fully transitioning and was not in any way, shape, form, or fashion going to transition medically, et cetera. And I'm like, well, but what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I mean... Was there anything that helped relieve your stress from dysphoria or anxiety for you during these times? I mean, dysphoria is a real big problem. Mine, yeah. And, and, and it, it's a true problem if it starts to bother you too much. And don't let it go on too long because you'll start to head spiraling down and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And by not letting it go on, I'm talking about get help. And mm-hmm. it might be a really good friend, but generally... You know, therapists are actually really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, good therapists. Yes, now, good there therapists. are a lot of bad therapists good out point. there who will <laughs> fuck you up. Um, yeah, find But, but a they'll therapist. take all your money while they're doing it. Yes, Don't worry okay, about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis is passing the mic to Kristen. <laughs> what do you suggest, Kristen? Well, um, I, I agree with Alexis. Uh, a good therapist in your corner is invaluable. Finding people, um, I mean, I think it's very important to go out to your local community, find a group of trans people, preferably not a, well, this is for cross-dressers only, like Tao Kai or something, or this is for transsexuals only, or, or this is for this only. Find a group that has all kinds of trans people in it. They're walking all kinds of trans paths. Go there, listen to the stories, talk to people, listen to their experiences, And what you'll find is that you'll look around the room and go, okay, well, what my experience, I'm listening to their experience and I don't relate to that at all. But that person over there, I really relate to. And after a while, you'll start to see people, hear people that you can relate to, that you feel comfortable talking to. And I think it's really important to find at least one person you feel like if you're in a real bind that you can call at three o'clock in the morning and talk whenever your world's falling apart. Because if you're transitioning, at some point, you will probably need that resource. Um, But I can't stress it enough, have a good therapist in your corner. Um, And as far as stress and anxiety with dysphoria, um, so let's be very clear about what we mean by dysphoria. So if you're talking about um, dysphoria within the context of gender constructs, constraints, um, you know, I can only wear this, I only have to act this way, you know, that can be helped by going to a meeting, by going to a safe space, and just being yourself. Now, if you're dealing with um, dysphoria as far as physical dysphoria, with the sex attributes of your body, those are things that therapy can help with. And, um, you know, for me, that transition helped with. Um, so, but those are things, all of these things, it's going to be different for every body. They're going to have their own path that they have to walk. But I'm telling you, find a good support group, find a good therapist, and, um, you know, begin walking the path that you need to walk. That's a big help. Trying to suppress it all, 
not pay attention, not deal with it, that's what makes it a thousand times more difficult. At least it did for me. And I think the other thing is find some situation where you can be the you that you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's perfect or not perfect, but there's probably things that you're like, well, you know, this is what I like to be or like to do or like to whatever. Find some way to do it. And whether you're public or not public or you're in the closet with it or not, it, it doesn't really matter. Just, you know, do something so that you know that everything's possible. And as far as, guys, maybe you just want top surgery. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's That's certainly easily doable, et cetera. That one, once again, that would probably describe my situation almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, some some of the things I grapple with personally is there are social media outlets where you know you can go and talk and meet people it's not face to face and sometimes that offers you um, a lot of accessibility if you can't travel if you don't have a a support group next to you if you don't have you know I, I find that it's hard sometimes to be like okay well if I showed up Friday at seven at this group and don't see the diversity that we're speaking of. What do I do then? Like I just put all my courage in one basket and I, and, and it's gone. You know, I like how social media has opened that up, but also there's cons in social media because people lie um, and people are not necessarily supportive. There are therapists that can Skype session into that really helps small towns and um, less accessibility to get a good therapist in your corner. And I love what Alexis said about finding places where you can be yourself, but I also experienced more dysphoria when I couldn't keep going to those places that I found for myself. Like the more I performed gender, the more I was accepted, the more I loved being who I was uh, on stage as a, as a gender bender, I got to be the expression I wanted. And then when the show was over or the conference was done, I had to go back to normal land where everyone was not really accepting and that was a big downer um and you know you do start to make choices you know in your life that you are hopefully support you you know um for me it wasn't super easy to get top surgery and even if I do save up for it my body's available for it it's that's a lot of steps but it's steps towards being the person that you want to be and find the support that you need along the way. You know, for me, I chose not to. And, you know, it's still available if I want to, but I definitely would have to do a lot of steps in saving, finding doctors, getting insurance, whatever everyone else has to do. You're either willing to do that or not. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, one of the big things is it's a priority type thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and you know, it, it falls into the guys, if we could just match up and trade. <laughs> right and, and there's there's a question in there like would you identify would you, you know um they ask would i be considered trans like it's if you identify as trans i know plenty of people who for their body needs their physical body needs where their hormones um you know called for their body function called for them needing different top surgeries you know one maybe because there's cancer in their body or scares of one because they're intersex like it doesn't necessarily mean that they identify as transgender in fact these people don't you know and then for some people they do identify as trans or gender queer or gender neutral or gender flexible and those labels uh empower them and 
they are under the umbrella because they choose to be, you know, mainly because they say they are and that works for their life. Well, and I'm really big on if, if you feel like and believe you're trans, you are, period. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how you're mm-hmm. handling it and how much in the closet you are, but really feel a different way. I don't know any of that. You know that. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, it, I I just never understood people saying, well, you know, you can't be trans if. And I'm like, but I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a great opportunity, Kristen. Thank you for doing a call out for questions and answers. And I hope that this was supportive to the people who requested it and even supportive to the people who didn't. Okay. Well, before we get, before we stop. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's, a, there's a, a, a word question. Oh, Uh-oh. that's like. what I mean. Yes. Nice try. <laughs> okay. So is it trans or trans with an asterisk? Or maybe oh, it's just I missed t- that one. Maybe it's just T asterisk. <laughs> it, right? Is, is one inclusive and the other exclusive help? <laughs> so. I, I would love to just say yes. <laughs> yeah. I missed that one. We just leave it there. That way it's as confusing as the question. <laughs> well, so I think the asterisk like was promoted as a... Um, uh, an intervention to a um, like an internet battle that was going on with a group of people like really annoying transsexuals who were like you know oh I'm a true transsexual I'm not part of the trans you know they were just kind of you know, like really into this notion of a hierarchy and the trans community where, you know, transsexuals right above and you're awesome if you're transsex if you're transsexual, especially if you're transsexual and you've had surgery. You know, that kind of nonsense. Um they didn't want to be associated with the transgender community. And Lord help you if you were a crossdresser. All right. Well, <laughs> seriously. And um, this says a lot about our social media silos because um, yes. I thought it was just for all those queers and benders and in betweeners <laughs> that were like tired of writing everything out. Well, like, we'll just put a little star by it. Ta da! The wonderful asterisk. <laughs> it's sparkly. You, you, you see, my first introduction experience with the asterisk was a really long time ago (laughs) really yeah this was on irc which is internet relay Mm -hmm. chat and this would have been long before we had most of the stuff that we do now Mm -hmm. and i spent a lot of time on that in a lot of the various trans related groups and one of the problems was that you got into the transsexual uh transgender there were like four other words that started with trans and transgenderal, transgenderist. Yeah, the whole bit. And and this was at the time when Virginia Prince was still making comments and things. <laughs> and so I just started being a very lazy person, especially when it comes to typing, because our, our, our internet speeds were 10 characters per second, just so you know. And so it's like dump, 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 character, 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 like, that sort of thing. this is a long word. <laughs> it's right. Transgender is a very long word. And so 
I would just say, I really don't care. I'm talking about T asterisk things because the asterisk was mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. So my bit was, if it starts with T and has something behind it and relates to sort of what we're talking <laughs> about, that's what I'm talking about. I don't really care. And, and so I started using T asterisk and I got criticized for it for a short while. But since I basically had my own set of servers. If it got too much, I'd just kill them off. And, you know, so, you know, well, they, they would suddenly have a problem with a network split and then they were, they were gone. <laughs> and, 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 uh, so, you know, I, I used that for a lot of years and then I started seeing other people using the T asterisk and then some of the people were using the trans asterisk sort of toward the end of the time that I was spending half my life on IRC. and uh, So what year was this? That's what I was trying to figure. I think it was like really early 80s. Mm. What's Maybe IRC? I don't, I don't inter know. Internet Relay Chat. It was a way that you could basically go into a room. It's still available. It's like, it's like, like the first messenger? It's, okay. it's like a messenger or a chat okay. room type cool. thing. Great. And and But it, it worked drastically differently. Okay. Uh, and, and the thing about it was that you could actually chat with chat people with and talk people. with people and that was okay. sort of the first thing in there yeah. and, and and there was stuff like that and and you would set up groups or rooms that had certain topics and there would be someone in charge of the room whoever set it up first mm -hmm. and that way it could be controlled as opposed to uncontrolled but there were ways to kick that person out and take over <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know most people hated the the wars that happened when people were trying to kick out the mod and and you know but I sort of liked them <laughs> it was like watch this but but, you know, there were, it was really the first time that people were interact, interacting that way. And the first time I saw a lot of stuff where people were then going ahead and setting up meetings and getting together in person for real life, mm -hmm. which was sort of interesting because most of them went well, some of them didn't. But, but you know, the asterisk, you know, I always used T asterisk because I was really lazy. A lot of other people were starting to use trans asterisk rather, so they didn't have to type out transgender and transsexual mm -hmm. and trans the other 10 different versions of it, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I think that's where it started. So technically, if one wanted to be a purely computer geek thing, sticking an asterisk in there is more inclusive because it means anything after this point. But that would be argued by some of the people in California in particular who decided yeah. to take offense at it. But most of them weren't born at the time I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically treat it with a grain of salt of, yeah, they're new. They need to learn their history. So uh, my understanding of all of that was, okay, so we're going to stop using transgender and everything will just be trans and there will be trans asterisk, which means transgender. <laughs> it means the exact or, same thing as or transgender. Or other trans things too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Stick whatever you want you after know, it. Trans with no asterisk would be like transsexual. And um, I personally never picked up on all of that. I just continued to use the language that my community has always used since it was always inclusive to begin with. And I think paying attention to annoying hierarchical assholes is a waste of time. Unless you just like to have fun. I, I mean, you know, I, I've also been told that it's impolite to use the word trans. What? 
you should say transgender or transsexual or something. Well, I, I think that might be what the person's pointing to is like, I just use the word trans help. Like, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, there you are know, people who I, I, I've, people for that. I've used trans since probably early mm-hmm. 1970s and it wasn't impolite when I started well, using see, it. You need to be educated about trans issues. I probably do. Cause I don't, <laughs> I, I every day find that I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or less and less. The, the other thing is that, you know, I also sometimes, you know, use the term tranny. And I know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's sort of like pronouns. It's more tone of voice that people are using. Yeah, than, did, did you, you remember whenever we used to have the tranny cue? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I organized that. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> what was this? We, we, we have a look of, what? Over there. The tranny cue, which was <laughs> okay. So it was all like... I have in my head is Kate Bornstein song. <laughs> like I'm well, a tranny in the CC. But, but see, this is, this is why Kate had to rewrite her speech she, for Houston. She, <laughs> she had a lot of people trying to shut her down because she was using the word tranny, and and so she made a YouTube video that has a tranny song on it. It's very catchy. But what's the tranny cue? Is this okay, some so sort tra- of game? Yeah. It, so it was around pride and it was like a barbecue cookout you know we had vegan well vegetarian options and um you know a couple of times we did this like camp out thing it was basically you know getting together camping out um you know literally (laughs) um having barbecue uh you know just Uh uh-huh that's what yeah. it was like barbecue training like social, cue. it was uh-huh. like the stupid thing that we put together but yeah <laughs> I mean it was just stupid was and good. fun and you know everyone liked it right but then you know uh like some people who had been on social media decided that they were going to take offense right and, and oh because you were using the word tranny cue. yes oh yes oh yes. gosh <laughs> at which point I start using it all the time oh. but that's just me <laughs> Well, I think whoever wrote that can kind of see some of the humor and some of the upset that other people get also as we change our lingo. Like people, there's going to be people who like to police whatever you say. I'm not necessarily for those people. And then, it, you know, I always say, look at the intent. And quite frankly, we're not really nice to people who have good intent sometimes. Like, you mm. know, we, they're mm. trying to do the right thing, whether it's asterisk or non and coming at them about getting your words right, especially on social media. I mean, <laughs> I think we can all agree that there are other priorities that we could focus on that would make a bigger difference. Well, yeah. The other thing is I, I always try to sort of clarify who it is I'm talking to mm-hmm. and who, who's making these comments. And, mm-hmm. and by that, you know, I'd sort of like to know their age, how long they've been out, what their experience is. Uh, someone who's been out for a year is 16 years old and has experience of going to one event. I'm not going to get too worried well, about what you, they think. But you, you should read their Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. Uh, on the other hand, if it's someone who's been around for a long time and they've written 15 books that are well-respected and they're pointing out that you know, something they told you before now needs to be changed because they said something about that, you know, they spent several years convincing everyone that uh, they, we should be worried about preferred pronouns. And now they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's not what we should be worried about. It's your pronouns, not your preferred pronouns. <laughs> then, yeah, okay, I'll listen to them and I'll usually comment on, look, you got to give people a few years after you've convinced them to do something before you claim it's bad. <laughs> 
Well, you know, okay, so with regard to Tranny, there was one argument that I do think there is some credence to. So out in the cis world, Tranny has a very specific meaning. And in, in the cis world, like, um, it's analogous to the word faggot. And so if you're being bashed and someone's hitting you, uh, they're going to be shouting either faggot or tranny at you, probably. And so that whenever we in our community are speaking out there to those people, we need to be mindful that sometimes the language that we're using and we mean in our community means something completely different to this other community over there. I think that that's a valid argument. Um, but that's still, uh, I, I find it... I'm um, back to tone of voice, though. When they're bashing you, it's a different exactly. tone of voice than when they aren't. <laughs> right. I mean, they're bashing you, they're like, Literally. hi, Tranny, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know if, if, if I'm walking across the parking lot heading into Tony's Corner Pocket and a couple guys are coming out, and they're like, hey, Trannies, how's it going tonight? That's all cool. And, and, and I've had people get really upset when something like that happens. I'm like, chill. They're just being nice. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's that sort of thing. Now, if it's a different tone of voice, then it might be, let's get back in the car because this is dangerous and we need to be able to run over them. But <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. That may not be where I was going with it. <laughs> well, so y'all see any other questions or anything that you want to... I think we've probably completely ruined our reputation by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So any, uh, any thoughts for the new year? Any resolutions you've got? Well, any, you know, I mean, I always make a resolution that I'll never make resolutions, so no. <laughs> but wait <laughs> and, a second. And, that's a resolution. There you go. And I keep it every year the same way. <laughs> what about you, Robin? I'm just excited about 2018 in the sense of getting rid of 2017 you know i mean this podcast has highlighted a lot of valuable victories that have come out of a really really tough year and i hope that we take those victories and leave the rest behind i'm excited for november 2018 Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be the time to have a party (laughs) and 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 you know and and it's the type thing where it, it's going to be a party that will either be a really positive party or we're going to need our friends around us. Yes. <laughs> I don't know which it'll be. You know, probably we'll end up someplace in the middle, but that's okay too. <laughs> uh, but, but I think it will be interesting to say the least. And I want to remind folks that you can go to tfahouston.com and check out the various things if you need help because you've been in a disaster. Um, you know, you've lost your home. Uh, the California fl- uh, fires, uh, various hurricanes, um, you know, something. And the disaster that's going to happen sometime in the near future because we know something's going to happen. Uh, as far as the Monday night group in Houston, we are meeting on New Year's Day and uh, probably Empire Cake afterwards if they're open. Mmm, Empire Cake. Right now, I'm not in a mood for cake, but I will be by then. <laughs> that's because you had someone's birthday cake. <laughs> so. 
here. Robin was waving. I'm like, what? 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 What are we waving? At? I don't know. We do like a ten minute goodbye. Like, I'm not. I'm not in a goodbye yet. I'm in an in and out type of person. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, we're not gonna play the doors this time. Yeah, yeah. Robin basically is like, well, gotta go. Bye. Well, hey, folks. I hope you have a fantastic new year, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to say bye. <laughs> but rather than say goodbye, we could just filibuster for another two hours. <laughs> this Trans Advocate podcast was produced by Kristen Williams and is copyright by the Transgender Foundation of America. All rights reserved. The Transgender Foundation of America is not responsible for the opinions or comments by individual participants.